Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, we're going to continue in our series about life-changing prayers. And I want to read you from the book, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them, by John Ortberg. Isn't that good? Just the title enough is isn't it great. It's, it's just great. And John tells a story in this book about a man who wandered into a small antique shop in San Francisco one day. The store was cluttered with knickknacks and junk everywhere. But on the floor, he spotted what looked like an ancient Chinese vase. He picked it up and discovered it was a priceless relic from the Ming Dynasty worth a fortune. And he looked like the owner had no idea the value of the Voss. So he thought, hmm, I'll make a deal. And as he looked closer, he realized it was filled with milk, with a cat drinking from it. And all of a sudden, he realized, I've got this opportunity to swoop in. How will I get this Voss? And he said, that sure is a beautiful cat there. I'd love to have her. Actually, my wife is looking for a cat of the same color. I'll give you 200 bucks for the cat. To which the owner said, oh, no, that cat's not for sale. She keeps the place free from mice. The man said, okay, then I'll give you $300 for the cat. And the owner laughed and said, that cat's not worth $300, but if you want her that badly, she's yours. So he gave the owner 300 bucks. But then he added, I'm also going to need something to feed her from. What if I throw in an extra 10 bucks for that little saucer? (laughs) And you said, oh, I could never do that. That saucer is actually an ancient Chinese vase (laughs) from the Ming Dynasty. It's prized possession and worth a fortune more than all of my shop, my home, and all of my assets. Funny thing, though, ever since I put it on the floor... I've sold 27 cats. (laughs) Something is only as valuable as you're willing to put a price tag on or willing to pay for it. I was once at a car show, and there was a guy with a 67 Nova. It was was pretty good condition. And he wanted like 35K, and everybody walked around and said, that thing's worth about 12 Maybe 13. You want 35? And his answer was, yep, 35 or more. Whatever somebody is willing to pay for it will determine the price today. I think the most priceless thing we have is the presence of God. I actually got a little choked up this morning listening to you sing. And as you were singing to the Lord, I I was sensing his presence among us. That's a priceless value that God allows us and affords us to experience. You can't fabricate it. You can't pray a certain way and all of a sudden, God shows up like a lightning bolt. You never know when he's going to really show up where you'll sense him and feel him. We know from the scriptures, he's always there. He's omnipresent. But man, when you actually can, can bow your head and pray and you feel his presence, Or when you're gathered with a friend or a loved one, 
and you pray together and you feel the presence of God, the warmth of his spirit, it's amazing. You know what I know about God? Is God is drawn to the desperate. He really is. God is drawn to desperation. I think he's looking for people who are saying, here I am, Lord. In case you forgot, here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm right here, Lord, in a time of desperation. You see, we want to experience God's victory, but God's victory comes to the vulnerable. We want to experience God's strength, but God's strength comes to those that are weak. And the last two weeks we've been saying, search me, God, search me. See if there's any wicked way or offensive way inside of me or any anxious way inside of me. And then we said, Lord, break me. And I had a loaf of bread and I broke it and said, really, the bread doesn't have much personal value to us or use to us until we break it and give it away or until we break it and fill it with prosciutto and provolone. Huh? Huh? For my Italian friends, yeah. There's something wonderfully strange about silence. For we who live in a noisy world, the sound of silence can be a welcome sound or it can be a deafening sound. There's a man in our church, and I have permission to share his story. He said, I don't like silence. I don't like quiet. So even when I'm alone or by myself, I will either do a Netflix binge or I will keep on my cell phone. I'll just look at it every few seconds. Maybe somebody will text me and violate the silence. Or I can read the news feed, the real news, the fake news, and all the news, nothing but the news. I said, why do you do that? He says, because in the silence, you have to deal with who you are. You can't pretend in the silence. You can't fake it in the silence. And when you're in the silence, sometimes God will speak to you about yourself. But other times, and I want to be honest about this, God will be silent. Psalm 83, 1, oh God, do not keep silent. Be not quiet, David says, oh God, be not still. So our prayer today would be, oh God, speak to me. Speak to me. I'm listening. Your servant's listening. Speak to me. But there's going to be times where we're not going to hear the Lord. Now, you may know people who hear God's spirit every 30 minutes. I heard the Lord say, the Lord said to me, go left. Lord said to me, go right. Lord said, turn around. Lord said, straight ahead. Huh? It's like Simon says. Some people live that way. Now, I would just be blunt to tell you that even though I'm a spirit-filled pastor, I don't always hear God every hour on the hour. I've had people call me and say, can you interpret my dream? I said, yeah, you had too much pepperoni before you went to bed. That's about it, right? Too much salsa? Come on. Come on. Some of you say, but pastor, what is God saying? And sometimes I know, just like that. And other times, I am as clueless as a wildflower on the hillside. I don't have a clue what God is saying. I was in Albertsons one time. This dear lady, she was praying. I mean, she was fervent. Lord, Lord, which head of lettuce should I buy? Now, all the heads of lettuce had one same price, but she was feeling them for the most dense. She wanted to get the most lettuce for her money. And she believed, uh, <clears throat> let us pray. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I, I promise you, first service said you deserve that. I did it first service. Boo, boo, 
you know, let us pray. But she's asking, the, can you imagine she's interrupting the God of the universe to decide which lettuce head to buy? Well, if you want to run your life that way, feel free. But I have bigger things to pray about than lettuce. And by the way, I make my wife buy the lettuce. So she's so led of the Lord, she knows which one to buy, right? 1 Kings 8.35 says, when heaven is shut up and there is no rain. You ever been there? Heaven is like brass. You're calling for heaven to speak to you. You're not hearing anything. And it really reminds us that there is no power in prayer itself. The power is in God, the God that we're praying to. Some people think, oh, the power of prayer. Well, I would just want to submit to you. It's really not the words we say. It's the one we're saying them to. It's God himself that is hearing us. And I, I need you to know that part of today's message came out of an email that I received from a couple in our church. He said, yeah, the first week you talked about search me, the next week you talked about break me. And, but what do you do when you don't hear God? He said, we're about to make a big decision in our lives. We've prayed. We've even fasted. We've given up days of food. And she said, I'm just on a water and juice fast, not for dietary reasons. I'm just wanting a cheeseburger so bad, she said. But every time I have a craving for the food, I just stop for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And pastor, with all respect, we're not hearing from God at all. So if you like this message and it helps you, great. If you don't like it, blame it on the couple who sent the email in, right? But I know at some time you're going to need this, so file this sermon. Number one, search my heart, O God. That's our prayer. It was our first week's prayer. I'm not hearing you today. I'm not sensing your presence. So search my heart. Because when the scripture said that the heaven was shut up and there was no rain, it went on to talk about disobedience and sin. Lord, is there any wicked way in me? Is there anything that's offensive in my life? Is there anywhere where I have disconnected the Wi-Fi and I'm not hearing you? Or I've cut the cable and I'm not receiving from you? Is it my fault, God? Psalm 139, 23, again, from two weeks ago. Let's read it. Search me, O God, and test me and... Yeah. Search me, God, and do a test on me, and then tell me what you find inside of me. And if not in the immediate season, eventually God will reveal to you what's going on in your life. Always start, and would you write this down, please, always start with a self-examination. Self-examination. Now, how many married guys here, and you're willing to admit it, you better if you're married, your wife's here, raise your hand. Yes. And then, and then add this phrase, would you? Happily married. Just say, happily, happily married. Yeah. To the best woman, come on. On the planet, the most wonderful woman God could have ever made. When God made my wife, he broke the mold. Come on. Guys, I'm trying to help you out here. Okay. Some of you are a little slow on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's look at 1 Peter 3, 7, you husbands. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Now, I know it's 2019, about to be 2020, and, and I can tell you one thing. A lot of women don't want to be called a weaker partner. But we treat them that way. Well, 
until I saw this mama with one baby on one hip, one on the other, and two bags of groceries, big bags, walking the car, while her husband was on his cell phone. I said, that dude, he needs some help, right? He needs to treat his wife as a little weaker than him. But then notice it doesn't say she's just a little weaker. It also says she's an heir with you. Oh, of the things of God, okay? And then, in the gracious gifts of life, so that nothing will, come on, guys, hinder your prayers. You can treat your wife, gentlemen, in such a way that your prayers are hindered. You wonder why some of your prayers were hindered. You may need to start looking at how you treat your wife. That's right there in the Bible. I didn't make this up, guys. Don't get mad at me. This is, this is, this is right here in the Bible. Now, why did I bring that out? Because there's verses like this spattered throughout the scriptures that tell us the way we live determines whether or not we're feeling the presence of God. We can't blame it all on him because he's always present. But notice what Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. When wickedness and evil becomes more important in your life than God and his holiness... That doesn't mean you're not going to sin and disobey God. But when we have a special regard for wickedness, it's on our mantle. It's the first thing on our screensaver or the first thing on our phone. We open up, ooh, wickedness. When it's so important to you, God says, okay, you have that. I'm gonna, I'll be right over here when you're ready to go back on your journey with me. Sometimes God is silent, too, to protect us. Uh, if I had time, I would talk to you about a lot of personal stories or stories of my friends, pastor friends, who've had transitions in their life. We heard uh, yesterday from John Amstutz telling us about some of the transitions he had in his pastoral ministry and, and how God revealed things to him. Sometimes uh, when he went from point A to point B in obedience, then he found out what God's real plan was, point C, but he could never see C if he didn't go from A to B. And so we see that happen. Uh, if you follow the life of Abraham, and I don't have time to build up the whole story, but we know that God had plans for Abraham. He had plans for Abraham to be a mighty nation. Abraham's married to this woman who's not the fox she used to be. Uh, she was barren when she was young, and now she's really old and really barren. And God has the audacity to say that you're going to have offspring as many as the sands of the seashore and the stars in the sky through your barren old woman. Just think of that. It was more than Abraham could bear. And so in Genesis 18, 17, and 18, the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. Here's the story, and it's a paraphrase. God is saying, if I tell Abraham everything that's going to happen to him, six months, six years, 16 years from now, it'll short-circuit his spirit. His brain will fry. So I'm just going to give him a little... Little disclosure, I think God gives us his will and purpose in little, doable, bite-sized chunks. Kind of like, you know, you're going out in the forest and you want to find out where the porridge is. We're just going to put a little, little trail of candy along the road. Because if I give you the whole thing, God says, it's too much for you to bear. There's things that God has done in my life that if he would have told me 10 years prior, I don't know if I would have fully obeyed him. There are people who say, yeah, the next 20 years of my life, the Lord's disclosed the whole thing to me. I, I, that's great. God bless you. 
If you're watching online and that's you, we applaud that. But most of us don't know 20 days ahead. By the way, you ever had a flat tire? Anybody ever had a flat tire? Did the Holy Spirit tell you before the flat that you were going to have a flat? I had a flat one time in Santa Barbara, not the best place to have a flat, on the 101 during construction. What was wrong with the Holy Spirit? How come he couldn't tell me in Ventura when I was northbound on the 101? At Las Positas, you will have a flat tire. I I didn't hear it, but I sure heard it when I had the flat. And then I tried to pull off to the side of the road, and everybody was so patient and kind, they all let me. I was in the fast lane. They all let me get over. They all slowed down. They all put their flashers on. Wanted to check me out. You need a bottle of water or anything? Why are you waiting for me? Oh, man, people, burr, burr, get out of the road, knucklehead, stupid idiot. I mean, that's what I got to hear, the encouraging word of humanity. See, <laughs> it was great. And I waited for a long time. A tow truck came, and it was, it was just a wonderful exchange of time. But God didn't tell me in Ventura I was going to have a flat at Las Positas. Come on. I mean, I, he, didn't, he didn't tell me at all. Yeah. Hey, God is silent at times to test our obedience to what we already know. You know what I knew when I had that flat? That God's trustworthy. That was going to be okay. I was singing to myself this great old hymn of the church, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> well, life didn't come to an end. It wasn't all about this. It wasn't all about now. See, when you can't trust God's hand, trust God's heart. And what I mean by that is sometimes you can't see his hand. You can't see that he's working. You don't know that he's present in your midst. Lord, where are you working? I don't feel you today. What's up, God? I've been praying about this situation with my neighbor, with my friend, with my kids, with my school, with my work. I've been praying with this situation about deployment. I've been, I've been praying about promotion. I've been, God, I'm not hearing a thing from you. Where is your hand? See, when you can't trust his hand because you can't see it, then just trust God's heart. Everything you know about God's heart. In 2 Chronicles, it talks about Hezekiah, verse 32 and 31. And it says, God left him to test him to know everything that was in his heart. God wants to sometimes see if all the lessons we learned in Sunday school, if all the lessons we learned in catechism, if all the lessons we heard at church, if all the lessons we learned in small groups and all the lessons we've received from when we've actually opened the B-I-B-L-E, the book for me, huh? and we've received it. He wants to know if we've taken this book and just studied it and checked it off, or if we took the book and we... St- Put it in our heart. He wants to know that. Did you, have you hid, hid my word in your, in your heart? Has it become a part of your conviction of your life? John 14, 26 says, The Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance all the things that I have taught you. Well, if you haven't learned it, he can't bring it back. Good morning. If you haven't taken Scripture and memorized it, and learned it, or learned lessons from God's Spirit through the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit has nothing to bring back. It's like you go to take a test. The teacher says, okay, this test is on all the lectures we had this year. And you go, I, I, I was daydreaming. I wasn't paying attention. I never took notes. I don't know what you said all year. And it's your final exam. You know what the final exam reveals? Were you paying attention? Were you listening? And every once in a while in life, God will bring those things to us or remind us of what we've learned. But we have to pay attention. 
Psalm 95, 8 through 10, do not harden your hearts as you did in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me. Though they had seen what I did for 40 years, I was angry, angry with that generation. And I said, they are a people whose hearts had gone astray. They've not known my what? My, my ways. So that's when we need to stop and say, Lord, here's a life-changing prayer. Oh God, speak to me. Oh God, break me. Oh God, search my heart. The second thing is, and I just alluded to it, live what I already know. This is called standing revelation. Take everything that you already know from God and live it. But the Lord isn't speaking to me today, but he's spoken in the past. But the Lord isn't speaking to me today, but he gave you his book. You know what this is called? The, the word of God. God actually spoke to writers, and they wrote down what God gave them by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is his word to us. So he wants to know every once in a while, will you live on what you already know? 1 Kings 2.3 says, keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes according to what is written in the law of Moses that you may succeed in all that you do wherever you turn. Lord, I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but guess what this passage says? Wherever you turn, if you follow God's statutes, you'll be a blessed man and woman wherever you go. Should I live in Lompoc or Goleta? Goleta. Somebody told me, they said, they said, I'm on my way to Lompoc. I'm going, right now I'm in Goleta. I thought, Wow. If you say Goleta down there, you're going to be in trouble. If you say Lompoc here, we're going to kick you out for the day. Yeah, yeah. I told my friend, uh, John M. Stutz, I said, hey, John, don't say Lompoc. It's Lompoc. And I always poke them in the chest. To make, isn't that good? Just do that to your next friends. How do I pronounce it? Poke. Lompoc. Give them a good old poke. In the poke. We live in the poke. Anybody else live in the poke? I live in, ain't no joke. I live in the poke. All right. John 14, 21. Those who obey my commandments are the ones, yeah, because they, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and I will reveal, ooh, reveal myself to each one of them. So if you're in a season where you're not hearing God, go to this. These are the words of Jesus. Obey his commands, okay, because that will prove you love him. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and I will reveal Myself, which means somehow he's going to communicate with you. He's going to show up and do something. He's going to move a mountain. He's going to open a door. He's, he's going to speak to you. He's going to let you, next time you read the Bible, it's going to come from there to here and then to now. And it's going to leap off the page. You're going to go, wow, that's the word of the Lord for me today. I think he's looking for those he knows will be obedient and those who will follow his commands. See, God's principles in our notes and promises should guide our life, not only his voice. Now, if you happen to be a, a person of the Pentecostal Holy Spirit persuasion, like myself, you can sometimes wait for his voice. I'm not doing anything till I hear from God. And I think God will say, okay, good. I won't speak for the next 90 days. See what you do, sucker. Oh, he wouldn't say sucker. I'm sorry. Look what it says. 
God's principles and promises should guide you. So when you don't hear his voice, do what he's told you to do. It was uh, some time ago I had the privilege of going to the South Base. It was a Delta IV heavy launch. And I wasn't on Ocean Street, sweetheart. I was on the South Base. I could feel the warmth off the water. And I was there with the military, police, security forces. I brought the cookies. The chaplain brought the coffee. We were a hit. It was 2 a.m. We were a hit. Good team. And as we walked up, the, the commander was there. And, and, and this one girl, I'll never forget her. Uh, she was from Missouri. And because and, I asked her afterwards, and she said, uh, Sir, my duty post, blah, 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 blah. And she starts declaring the duty of the day. And he said, No, that's no, fine. Just stand down. It's okay. Okay. Then we went to another post. Same thing. This is my assignment because they were in briefing. This is what they were given. You're going to guard this post and don't let you know, anybody come through here, no vehicles until we get it all clear from the commander, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they had everything down. It was something. And I said to the, the lieutenant colonel, I said, uh, sir, I have a question to ask. I said, what would that girl do? He said, pastor, that girl would stay here all night until she's relieved of, of duty. She would stand and guard this post even long after the rocket's gone because we gave her a command and a direct order and until we give her another one like stand down, it's time to come in or go guard another post or now you have, you're on leave, leave of duty, see? He said she would stand there until she collapses because that's how she's been trained. I thought, wow. And as I drove away that night after the thing launched, we were humanly close as humanly possible. After that thing launched, the, the ground shook. The, we could feel the ocean lapping up next to us. That's how close I was. That's such an honor to be there. As I got in the car and, and left the base to drive home, I thought, Lord, help me be like that. That you give me a directive and I stand my post. Until you... Oh, wait, it's a sword. Uh, until you give me another directive. Are you hearing me? God's principles and promises should guide our life, not just his voice. Lord, tell me what to do. Which head of lettuce should I buy? Let us pray. Which one? <laughs> but, rather, but rather we do this. Lord, you, you, you told me to do this. You told me to study that. You told me to love and serve people around my community. You told me to sacrifice myself for my spouse. You told me as a mom to love my kids like never before. You told me as a single person to remain pure in a world that isn't. I'm going to stand my post till you give me another directive. And I think when we do that, I think God smiles. John 13, 17, now that you know these things, you will be blessed. Come on, if you do them. Allow God's instructions to become your convictions. Our world is trying to press us to believe their convictions. Have you noticed? I think our country has gone mad in some areas. You're going to go, oh, good. Now he's going to say something. Tickle my ears, you know. Yeah, real news, fake news, quasi-news. And then we have a world that's gone mad in regards to aborting babies and discussions. Should it be up to the... Ninth month, inside the womb, outside the womb. What should we do? I mean, just think about that. Now, I'm pro-life. I just I have no you know, excuse about it. 
And I'm pro-life in every area of life. I'm also pro-life in the things that God has given us that we can live by. His word is life to us. We need to allow God's instructions to become our convictions. Well, pastor, you got to get with the times. There's nothing more timeless than this, the word of God. There's nothing more timeless than principles that God has given to us. It says in Psalm 95, verse 10, for 40 years, I was angry with that generation. We heard that word before. God was angry. And I said, they are people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my my ways. The word angry in the Hebrew means to have an upset stomach. God was nauseated. Excuse my Latin. He wanted to barf. Can I say that, church? I just did. He wanted to upchuck. He wanted to grab the airplane bag. As he thought about his people, listen, who had gone astray and not known his ways. Listen, you need to know his ways so much that even when he's not speaking, you know your duty post and what you're supposed to do. You know how to live. You know how to glorify him. You know how to worship him even in your pain and your trauma. Number three, keep talking to God. Keep learning and keep listening. Be a learner. Be a listener. And just because you don't hear God, you keep talking. God, I haven't heard you in a while, but you're going to keep hearing me. God, I haven't heard you in a while. Yesterday when I thought about doing this, I did that instead because you gave me an assignment and a duty. I'm learning. I'm listening. I'm believing, letter A, that you are still there. I'm not going to let anybody change that. Even though I don't feel you when I pray, the heavens are as brass. I'm not going to stop believing that you're there. You told Joshua and you told me, be of good courage. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then listen for the subtle voice instead of the loud, dramatic one. Sometimes God's whispers. He whispers in the whirlwind when somebody wants to take their life. Look it up. It's in the Bible. He whispers through a friend. He whispers through a scripture. He whispers through a sermon. He whispers through your encounter in your small group. He whispers when you're looking at right now media that we provide. If you, you want to get that, some great lessons. He, he whispers through nature. He whispers. And in those times, let her see, we trust more, not less. I know people that have gone through really difficult stuff in their life that would make your head spin. I mean, just horrific stuff. And it was a temptation for them to trust God less. It was a temptation for them to walk away from God and not believe God. It was a temptation for them to say, where where is God? Look at how bleak everything is. But I'm going to encourage you and get this down in your soul, not just in your nose. When you don't hear God and when times get tough, you trust God more. Don't trust him less. You believe in him more. Proverbs 3, 5. What a great verse. Let's read it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And part of that understanding could be, where are you, God? You're not here, so you're not here, so I'm taking over. Or you're not here, I'm going to lead my family a different direction. Or you're not, you're not providing for us like you, like you said you would, so we're going to withhold our tithe and offering. We're not going to give any money to you anymore. Well, that's the most debated subject in the church, right? 
It's quiet now. I just said money. You guys all got quiet on me, you know. Yeah. I've only been tithing since I was 16. I, don't, I would know no other way to live. My son the same way. He would know no other way to live. My wife the same way. No other way to live. The arguments we have at my house about tithe ours, my wife says, Should we, shouldn't we be giving more? Okay. Wait a minute. I'm the pastor. Yes, we should. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's great. Hey, turn off the noise that drowns God's voice out. I shared this story briefly with the, the, my friend in the church who, who says, I, I like it loud because then I don't have to deal with my life. But turn off the noise that drowns out God's voice. Be still and know that he's God. Find a place and a space where you can just be quiet. Ah, God, I haven't heard you in a while, but I'm here. I'm not thinking about anything else but you. Just be quiet. Every once in a while, I just drive out to Surf Beach, man. Sit up on the hill, right where it says, do not take pictures, you know, the gate. And I just sit there, roll down the windows, and let the ocean breeze hit my face. I love that, man. I love that. And when the seas are violent, I look at God's handiwork, and I go, by the way, Lord, I'm listening to the ocean, but I'm listening to you. Turn off my radio. And right that, in that one particular spot, there's no cell service. Hallelujah. The minute I get around the bend where they cut into the mountain for the space shuttle in 1986, when I get around the bend, I'll say, bird, 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 bird. None of it's really that important. Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Sometimes I drive out there and just speak to me. Sometimes I go up to Beatty Park, walk up the hill, go up to that gazebo up there. That's a good little stiff climb. If you've never, if you're out of shape, go, go up there and try it. Bring your AED with you and your oxygen. And I just sit in that little gazebo where people have graffiti their names and previous lovers, and it's crossed out now. And, you know, I pray over the city and then I say, okay, Lord, Lord, speak to me. Be in places that drown out the noise. Look for lessons in the silence. I think God screams sometimes to us in our silence and in our pain and our difficulties in life. I think He does. So as we get ready to finish, I was asking the Lord, Lord, would you speak to me? I'd like to close with a really good verse, (laughs) reminding people that you're there. And I looked and I looked and I looked and nothing leaped out of the page. And this morning at 2.45 a.m., this verse, and uh, I had it in the notes the other day, and this verse came back to my mind. I said, okay, we'll close with this verse. It's Isaiah 41.10. And I'd love you to read it with your best. He's going to get us out early voice, okay? Don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't tremble with fear. I am your God. I will make you strong as I protect you with my arm and give you victories. Don't be afraid. Somebody needs to hear that. I am with you. In the silence, God's still with us. Don't tremble with fear. I am your God. I will make you strong. I will protect you with my arm and give you victories. And that's one verse. Is it packed with promise? Let let that be a conviction today. That even when God is silent, he's with us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.